Hello and welcome to the September 14th, 2018 edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. My name is Mr. Joe. This is my neighborhood. This is my life. But this is our podcast journey. Welcome to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. everybody and welcome to another edition of Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. It is absolutely awesome to have everybody here with me today and of course it's always great to be out there with you as well. So I wanted to delve right into a specific topic today and and I actually don't know right now what I am going to name this podcast uh, once I hit the stop and save buttons and upload it. I'm not too sure. I'm thinking along the lines of the different states of emotions or different different bipolar emotions. Um, and that might change come the end of this. We'll, we'll figure it out. And by the time you're reading or, or, or playing or reading the title... It'll be there. So uh, that's not an issue for you to have to worry about right now. That'll be my issue, like I said, when I hit the stop button. So hopefully I'll be able to come up with that creative title by the end of my recording. Uh, what's important for us to first start out with is for me to convey to you exactly how I got to this particular topic. And it was an interesting thing that went on this morning. And I truly cannot explain why I did what I did and why I felt the way that I felt other than the fact that I am possibly entering into another manic phase of bipolar. But I could be wrong. I found myself this morning, and again, I'm just going to cut to the chase. I found myself this morning looking up things on Google specifically about stopping your medication while on bipolar disorder. And to be more specific, I then started Googling ways to stop your medication. Why we stop our medication? Should I stop my medication? And of course, I found a whole bunch of stories, people that went through literally hell, hell on earth, something that I know very much about in terms of stopping medication without properly weaning off and just doing things on my own terms. And then I saw a lot of positive stories about people who would talk about being on medication for so many years. And then all of a sudden saying, you know what, I just one day decided to stop and I've been living a normal life ever since. And whether or not that is true, whether or not um, they still feel that way. I would imagine if I contacted that particular person or I had a way to speak with them, it's very possible that their story might be a little bit different nowadays. But I don't know that information. What I do know is that I was doing this on a laptop computer. And all of a sudden, I stopped typing. I stopped reading. I put the mouse down. And I closed the laptop cover and I just stared at the wall. And I said, what are you doing? Why are you even looking this up? Why is this even something that has entered, trickled, or 
moved into your mind. Are you out of your mind? Why would you even go this route? And, you know, with bipolar disorder, there are many times that at least, uh, at least one time throughout treatment, I would have to imagine that people with bipolar disorder have stopped their medication for one reason or another. And I'm not going to get into those reasons right now. We're just going to concentrate on the one reason, which I believe was what entered into my mind this morning, was that I just don't need the medication any longer because I'm better. And we all know the answer. We all know the moral of the story is the same thing that we've been told time and time again by doctor after doctor and hospital after hospital. The reason why we are feeling like nothing is wrong with us is because we're actually on that medication. Now, I'm going to take it a step further. And I know I said I wouldn't discuss other reasons why we wanted to come off our medication, but I need to take it a step further because I was able to rationalize with myself and say that to myself over and over again. And then I said to myself, but you knew this before you hit the Google button and and searched for all this. So really, why, Mr. Joe? Why today? Think a little deeper. Why today did you feel the need to look this up? And I I believe I have the answer. I really do. I am tired of living in a gray area. And what I mean by that is there are too many days in my life in which I feel somewhat emotionless. Yes, I still have my little hypomanic episodes. The fact that I enjoy them and long for them is a little disturbing to me still. But I look around at other people and I say, man, it's almost like they see the world in color and I see the world in black and white because my mind has to be tempered down or controlled in terms of my moods with a medication and I have no ability to really naturally enjoy the things in life. That's not to say that I don't enjoy them, because I do. I just feel like I might have enjoyed them more when I was not on medication. And that's very unfair and very horrible for me to say, because we all know, based on what we've gone through and what Mr. Joe has gone through, that... Not being on medication is absolutely not the answer. And what I needed to do was I needed to start to think back to the times in my life when I was either on the wrong medications and not really worrying about what I needed to do to fix my bipolar disorder or treat my bipolar disorder. That's a better way of saying it. And more importantly, what I felt like slash what I acted like when I was not on medication at all for bipolar disorder. And until I stopped and really thought about some of those things, I could not get the intrusive thoughts out of my head about the fact that I could live on this earth without using bipolar medication. And I say this because, 
you know, when I first was diagnosed with bipolar, I would say that it wasn't certainly life-threatening. Or at least I didn't think it was to be life-threatening at the time. I mean, I was basically hypomanic throughout my entire life, so I think. I was reckless. I was reckless in high school. I was reckless in college. Using my sexuality to basically manipulate every single woman that I came in contact with. And lacking the overall empathy to even know that I was hurting them. But for the most part, I was a pretty smart guy. You know, I did well in school. I played baseball. I worked at a relatively young age. Really had a hard time keeping down a job even then. And I think back to one job in particular in which I stole, stole a lot of money from this particular organization. And I was only 16 years old. And I had basically an entire system going on with, of course, girls that I met from another chain in, or another store within the chain. And we had this, it was like this little mafia system going on between 16-year-old people who were stealing money from a company that essentially put this company out of business. And, um, you know, the end result of it was that I had to pay most of the money back, but of course, a good portion of it I did not have to because I got out of that by lying. So these are some of the things that I had to think back to in order to help myself recognize my actions were not normal before medication. I think about high school, how much I drank. I was an animal. Sixteen years old, I was on the roof of a car the very first night that I smoked marijuana and I was drunk out of my mind and the driver was probably going close to 50 miles per hour and he did a sharp turn while I was on the roof and I flew off. I nearly died. I mean, any, any marijuana, any drinking that I could get my hands on. And for the most part, as long as I did well in school and satisfied Mr. Bipolar Joe's mom... Everything was cool. Um, you know, but for the most part, I, I was isolated. Many, many times I refused to go out with people. You know, I would spend many nights, many days partying and drinking and socializing. And then, bam, that depressive state would hit where I would just sit in my room. And there, there were times where my emotions were so uncontrollably out there either in terms of being heightened or low that I just really wanted to die and and I had to say that to myself today when I thought about coming off my medication uh, you know everybody understands and I've and I've explained this and I think this might be the one that really enters into my head more than anything. And possibly because it's so recent. And when I say recent, we're talking about uh, November of 2017. Around that time is when I really started self-injuring myself. When I would cut myself and slash my arms and slash my legs. My entire life... All I've seen are 
army men and soldiers walking around me, one of them claiming to be my brother, people following me. I mean, that's some heavy-duty stuff, man. And although there are times, and I'm not going to lie, there are times still on medication that I will see flashes of things, I think the big difference now is that I am able to help myself to understand that that's the bipolar or the schizoaffective. And I don't necessarily think that it's real anymore, where in the past everything was real to me. Now I could just say to myself, eh, it'll go away. No big deal. Because you're medicated and, and you stay within reality to some extent. And, you know, it pisses me off, man. It really makes me mad that a lot of times movies and things like that, they they portray people with bipolar as these one-dimensional characters. And I don't think they do a very good job a lot of times of exactly explaining how bipolar is. They They just... You know, they, they look up the symptoms and they try their best to put it on a screen. But in, in actuality, I don't think they realize these movie producers who get into bipolar and even I think there was one I saw, Mr. Jones. I think it, it, it was good. It was good. But I don't think they realize that people who are trying to show what bipolar is like, that how some of our lives had literally been shattered in different ways. And sometimes we're just trying to survive. And, and that, to me, is concerning because that's how I used to feel all the time. It drives me absolutely crazy that people have this overall attitude that being in a manic episode is a gift of some sort that justifies the pain that we feel when we have depression. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine... I, growing up, as I got older and I met my ex-wife, I was absolutely terrified of having a family. Terrified. I mean, I always thought, even though I didn't really know that I had bipolar disorder, I always thought that my actions were going to affect my relationships in one way or another. And they most certainly did. I was scared to have children. I was I was scared because I didn't know if I could take care of them, because I could barely take care of myself. And going back to that whole movie thing, or the way that people perceive you and I with bipolar disorder, it's like they get it wrong about living with bipolar disorder. It's like they think this mania that we oftentimes fall into is a superpower. <laughs> you know, and it's... Homeland, think about that show, the way that one, and I don't know for those of you who have seen Homeland, and I, I, I have to admit, I stopped watching it, I think after two seasons, it's been actually a few years um, that I've watched that, but the idea that the world is entitled to the results of harmonic actions that she can serve the people that, and she was, she used to crack cases, basically. She used to, when she was manic, she would act in a way where she could solve all these cases and, 
I mean, it's it's like she would, based on the results of her manic episodes, it's she would help people. Otherwise, she was useless, basically. And you know, again, it's certainly they almost make it seem like this this woman. I think her name was Carrie. I don't remember. Um, but, you know, they make it seem as almost like, well, because she's manic and has those wonderful manic moments where she feels good, that everything's cool. You know, it almost outweighs the depression. And I think really what it's hard for people to understand is that mania, well, at least my mania, are probably the most destructive times in both how it affects my life in general and how it affects my relationships. When I am manic, I am an absolute psychopath. And I'm not talking about hypomania. I am talking about that full-blown mania of which I really have not experienced since I have been on medication. So, Mr. Dumb Bipolar Joe, what in the world are you looking on Google for to see what the effects of stopping your medication would be? Don't you recall? Don't you remember? I mean, could you imagine thinking that being off my medication and not taking my meds and being able to go up and down would be, um, you know, like a gift of some kind? It's just amazing that I even thought that I could be like that and the truth is I literally racked up hundreds of thousands of dollars in credit card debt due to my uncontrollable urge to spend money and do drugs to the point where Mr. Joe claimed bankruptcy and I'm still dealing with it today still dealing with it today I mean it's almost gone okay but um, you know you're going to tell me that I didn't feel depressed after that? And I know that was circumstantial, but my God, I recall being in a deep, dark depression right after the time I claimed bankruptcy. And, you know, I know that I've come on this podcast before and I've said that for the most part, my life has been manic. But the more that I think about it, the more I realize that I had those depressive states. And, yeah, I mean, at the same time, I would have some prolonged bouts of creativity being creative where it basically felt like I had access to every emotion possible not on medication I barely slept there were times where I barely was able to close my eyes I mean like I said uncontrollable uncontrollable urges to spend money but when you're on medication, it really, it does a better job of curbing the highs and the lows. And that's what my medicine is doing. And the fact, again, that I woke up this morning is just, is, is just unbearable to me to even think of. And now, granted, listen, I've come on here before and I've talked to you all about the ways in which I still go through some of those low to moderate levels of mania, which we refer to as hypomanic episodes. But for the most part, I feel like I can function properly around everybody. 
really. I can go to work. I can engage with the people around me. I have a better handle on my emotions. And uh, relatively most importantly, I am better at what I do for my living, for my employment, for my job. I mean, when I'm off the medication, man, before I was on this medication, there was no real normal. I certainly didn't feel like I do today. I mean, man, when I was on, or when I was off, off medication, all I did for a period of time in my life, because I used to find these things to get obsessed with, and I spent years of my life completely obsessed with the computer, staying up all hours of the night, meeting people online, building romances that really were non-existent, fake romances, meeting people out in public, meeting people out in private, having sex with people, people on the phone, talking to them, sitting in chat rooms, offering my services of phone sex. Okay? So I could have phone sex with females. <laughs> could you imagine? And I honestly, I would sit up all night and I wouldn't catch a... Maybe in the morning I would go to bed and I would maybe get an hour of sleep. And then if you want to really think about the crappy way in which I would feel. I mean, how could one person forget and even think along the lines that being off my medication would be productive? Just look at my mixed episodes, the rapid cycling that I would go through, where I would be completely severely depressed, crying my eyes out, but I'd have all this energy and all this restlessness within me. I mean, could you imagine... It's it's the the idea, the concept of basically slipping into a depressive state, but at the same time, landing into a hypomanic episode. I mean, how does that even make sense? How does a person deal with that? I mean, mixed episodes for me, that was the scariest of all. I got to be honest with everybody. That is where I lose my mind, where I feel like I am completely psychotic. And being on medication... I, I don't feel that way. I remember being up in my son's room when I was banging my head. Banging my head against the wall, crying, laughing. And it's not that I would just be depressed, but I would think that I had no worth in this world at all. No worth. Completely worthless. But you better believe I'd have the energy to do something about it. <laughs> so... For the most part, I would just put myself in ridiculous, awkward situations. Or, if we go back even further, that's when I would just use drugs. I would just start using drugs. I would start drinking. I wouldn't eat. Literally, all day. For days. I mean, so... <laughs> I, I just, you know... You think you're creative and enthusiastic. I, I, I mean, I would imagine there were times that I was. That I would be creative during those hypomanic periods. Writing. Singing. Rapping. But unable to really manage those symptoms. Because at the same token, everything that you're creating really doesn't have a purpose in the end. Especially when you write six chapters of a book, think that you're going to sell it, 
and be a rich novelist and never have to work again a day in your life. And then a couple months later, when your mind is actually stable and secure because your chemicals have balanced themselves out, you go back and you look at that book that you've written and you can't believe your eyes. You don't even remember writing it. And you don't even know how those words were typed by your fingers. That's not me. I didn't write that. And if I did, when the hell did I feel like that? I I, I mean, come on. Now, one of the things that I do still, although not as bad, is if you want to talk about mania and some of the things that I used to do where it was so out of control, yet I still do it, but I have a little bit more control, I would say uh, cleaning was really bad for Mr. Joe. I mean, I would be a reckless cleaner. <laughs> you know, I would I would put things off that were important because I had to clean. It was like a uh, like a like a cyclone running through the house. Now I'm not as bad anymore, but I would literally clean nonstop. I would talk over the phone while I was cleaning. Um, <laughs> I know none of you guys are going to remember this, or at least the young ones won't. I remember cleaning and walking around with a phone that had a cord on it. Could you imagine that? <laughs> and ripping the cord out of the wall because I actually was just so manic that I couldn't stop talking and cleaning at the same time. And then, all of a sudden, boom, the depression would hit. Okay? For weeks. And Mr. Joe couldn't even get out of his bed. I couldn't shower. I wouldn't eat. But guess what? That doesn't happen when I'm on a medication. Okay? So, it's just unbelievable. Because here I am talking about my mixed episodes. How I say that. That was one of the... Those are the scariest things. But then I could... Then my heart nearly starts to beat out of my chest when I start... To think about just being depressed. And I want to say, well, maybe that's what scares me the most. Because the low is so low that you just don't want to wake up anymore, no matter how good your life may be. I mean, you know, and it it does. I'm not going to lie, guys. The one thing that has not gone away in terms of the children that I have, my daughter, my son, and my little guy, my little son, is I, I constantly think about whether or not that they're going to have bipolar disorder. I really do. And it, it scares me. It really does. I, but I guess I'll be able to notice to some extent. Um, I hope that I will be able to, to get them the help that they need. I mean, that's very, very important to me. I know that my daughter definitely suffers from anxiety. There's no doubt about it. And um, it concerns me. It really does because she doesn't do a whole lot about it. My ex-wife really doesn't do a whole lot to help her about it. Kind of brushes it off the same way she brushed it off in our marriage. Literally for years and years and years. Well, I would start project after project, spending hundreds of dollars on stuff I don't even look at now. (laughs) Wouldn't even imagine being interested in. Going out and getting tattoos like a maniac, all of which I really kind of don't even want anymore, and doing all kinds of wackadooey things to my head 
And what I mean by that is my hair, whether I would shave the entire thing but leave a five-inch ponytail right in the middle of it, like a psychopath. Okay, could you imagine? I mean, you know, these were things that I wanted to do from the time that I was 11 years old. I wanted lines and numbers and, and designs shaved into my head. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with that, but I used to get this feeling like it had to be done. I was on edge about everything. I was destructive. I was angry. I was aggressive. I had suicidal thoughts that were damn real. Damn real. And, I mean, look at the overall result. I attempted once, and I was interrupted on my second attempt. Okay? And after all this time, it's taken me so long to become stable. Through my medication, through my Mr. Joe's Bipolar podcast, because let me tell you something, this is absolutely my therapy. Absolutely my therapy. And that's not to say that I don't get stressed like the rest of us, and sometimes I feel like I'm going to start cycling again, but overall... The symptoms are definitely less intense. To some extent, sometimes the thoughts of how I used to be depressed and manic, they could definitely be debilitating. There's no doubt about it, but they're just thoughts. It's not me actually feeling that way, but I'm not going to lie. There are some times that I do get freaked out by the thought that I'll never, ever, ever have a full grasp on reality or stability or normalcy. And then that just kind of goes away, whereas back in the day when I wasn't on medication, I used to feel like that all the time. Sometimes I'm scared to death that I rely on these medicines. I say to myself, oh my God, what happens if somebody, and this, this is part of my paranoia, okay? What if somebody walks in my house and decides to raid my cabinet closet and think that they're getting something real good, <laughs> like like an Oxycontin or a Vicodin, or they just start taken all my medication away. I, I have no health insurance right now. I've got a three-month supply in there. What do I do? Because I depend so heavily on those psychiatric medications and the, the stability that it allows me to gain and achieve. You know, what happens if I lose those meds? Am I going to go off the wall again? Am I going to become Mr. Bipolar Wackadoo Joe? But yet at the same time, here I am. Again, looking up ways to come off my medication. I mean, I'm stable in my mind. I'm stable in my employment. I'm able to do things on my own, take good care of myself. I got an awesome wife. I got three great, beautiful children. I really have the same awesome friends since I've had, since I'm a baby. You know, they, they have that phrase that if you have one good friend by the time you're an adult, you consider yourself lucky. Well, guess what? There are four of us that are still inseparable in terms of our communication every day. We may not see each other every day, but we talk all day every day. We support one another. And then I got about three or four other friends that are always in my life. You know, maybe not as extensively as these other three friends, but I, I, I wouldn't even refer to them as acquaintances. They're my good friends. So I'd say altogether there's about eight of us that have remained in touch and at any time, we can go to any one of us and gain support. Now, here's the thing. 
Here's the very interesting thing. There are eight of us, like I mentioned. Guess what? Seven of us have never been diagnosed with a mental health disorder, whereas one of us has. And guess who that one is? I don't think it'll take you very long to guess. But you know what? As crazy as they may think I am sometimes, and believe me, they've, they've said it. My buddy Tad, a couple of weeks ago, I was very standoffish in one of our texts. I just, you know, he could tell when I'm in no mood. Um, and I will isolate myself a little bit. And he sent me a video message. <laughs> it was funny. He starts off by saying, hey, Mr. Joe, what are you being bipolar today? And I couldn't help but laugh. <laughs> I had to laugh about it. You know, he put a smile on my face. But they know. They know when I'm going through something. And it's interesting because most of my complaints are medical health, mental health related, whereas theirs are just like, you know, everyday lifetime struggles about family and work and girlfriends and wives and ex-girlfriends. And But the interesting thing is we support each other in the same exact way, even though mine is probably a little bit more hard to understand or give an answer to, they still do their best to help me. So, man, I got a damn good life. And I know for damn sure that it's a lot better now than it was when I was off my medication. So, I mean, I I think what we did here was we described the different emotional states of bipolar. And that may very well be my title when I get off the line here. Don't quote me on that, just in case I uh, decide to call it something different. But I don't know if that rung a few bells with you people out there, if you can relate to some of the stuff that I've talked about, if if your life was to some extent parallel to mine. You know, we're all different. We've not all experienced the same thing. And there's probably quite a few of you who have never abused drugs a day in your life. But I would almost guarantee that the vast majority of us with bipolar disorder have. And if you haven't listened to my 101 episodes at this point, I would strongly advise you to go back to them. Because a lot of times what I do is I just describe my experiences being on those things, being off those things, starting them, coming off, how my life was. Want to know what's really sad though, everybody, is I couldn't tell you a single detail that I spoke about in any of my previous episodes. So one thing for sure, and whether it's bipolar embedded in me or the medicines that make it even worse, my memory is horrifying. I got no memory anymore. I have to imagine it has something to do with the lamictal. I do. But is that the worst thing in the world? Because no, I guess not. Because all I got to do, if I really am interested in hearing what Mr. Joe has to say, (laughs) I could just go back and listen to my old episodes. But you know what? It's better, a hundred thousand times better than listening to that horrifying, coaxing, convincing, disturbing voice in my head that would speak to me throughout my entire life and give me no true self-direction and drive me absolutely out of my mind every single day of my life because I had absolutely no control of my emotions. I was psychotic, hospitalized, on my hands and knees in a hospital, pounding the floor with my fists. 
until my knuckles bled. Ripped up by nurses, one on each limb, thrown into a chair, and I was able to get out. This wasn't even my first hospitalization. This was a different hospitalization. Threw me in a chair, limb by limb, four, one on each, one on one arm, another on the other arm, legs. Threw me in a chair, and what was Mr. Joe able to do? Fight them all off, stand up, and flip a table out. And I actually tried to inject one of them with whatever devices they use to draw blood. Could you imagine? I'm lucky I didn't go to jail. And I was not under the influence of any... Oh, sorry. I I cannot lie. Uh, That was the one time that I convinced my sister that uh, I had a toothache. And she came over and delivered me some of her pain pills. I don't know what they were. It was no real name to them that I can recall, but they were definitely pain pills. And clearly they had a pretty bad effect on me in terms of my stability. Because that's what I acted like. And I promise you now that Mr. Joe, as long as he stays medicated, is not going to act like that. So I better remember these things. I better remember these feelings. I better remember these actions so that the next time I wake up, And I want to Google stopping your medication. I just stop Googling right at that moment. Thank you guys for listening. Now, most importantly, if you're doing well and you have a mental illness, I want you to continue to work hard. If you love or you care about somebody with a mental illness or a drug addiction, please continue to support that person in the very best way that you know how. And if you are struggling right now with a mental illness or an addiction, I ask that you continue to battle, and most importantly, soldier on. Thank you so much for listening to Mr. Joe's Bipolar Podcast. Everybody have a great day. I'll talk to you again real soon.